Welcome to your Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Uh. Meh. Textual healing. Okay, so before we get things started here, um, I know Brent has something that he is dying to get off his chest. I just know it. I can feel it. I can sense it, and I need to give it to him. I I appreciate that, Alan. I mean, it's look, it's... It, it's been a rough couple weeks. Like I've just been sort of frustrated with, you know, technically crime is decreasing in Los Angeles, but at the same time, like you read about these people on Reddit or whatever that are like committing these awful crimes. And, and it's just disturbing me pretty profoundly. Like there's this, there's this guy right now on Reddit. This is huge on Reddit, Los Angeles right now. Apparently there's this guy in, in LA going around to grocery stores. He's shoplifting mm. vegetables. <laughs> He's shoplifting vegetables. Brent, mostly, I know, mostly. I know the bit. I know the bit before you do it. He's he's shoplifting cucumbers, and and oh. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. But he's getting away with it by by putting these cucumbers where the sun don't shine. I mean, look, witnesses are saying that he's getting sexual gratification out of it. Now, I'm not trying wow. to kink shame anyone, but this is pretty fucking demented. And I want this son of a bitch caught. So, uh, you know, for any of our Los Angeles listeners, I'm actually going to go to the LAPD website right now, and I'm going to read you a description of this suspect. <laughs> so you can, so if you see this person out and about, you can call the police and have them arrested. So the suspect is, oh, let's see, <clears throat> white male, uh, 40 years of age, five foot eight, thick glasses, full beard, dark hair, bouffant swoop and hair. Uh, possibly Jewish. I don't know how. I don't know how they would know he was Jewish, but um, he's seen around the Atwater Village neighborhood of Los Angeles. He wears a T-shirt that says the quote Tantric Society of Long Island. He has a tattoo <laughs> of an older woman on his arm, and he drives a Hyundai Tucson with the license plate oh. E oh. Glass sixty nine. <laughs> E G L A Z. That's why you. That's why you're texting me to texting me to ask me what kind of car I drive. <laughs> so you can so you, you it into a bit about me sticking cucumbers in my ass. <laughs> what kind of what kind of car do you drive again? Oh great! Like, I don't know where subtle. this is going. He's not even subtle about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, where, 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 what kind of car do you drive? God only knows what, the, what how this is going to be used against me, but. <laughs> <laughs> but Frank couldn't even he could that barely he really start giving the joke without crying he could barely start the bit without <laughs> crying from laughter <laughs> the only thing that makes me laugh are my jokes about how Elliot is on hinge and how Alan is a blathering book nerd those are the only jokes that make me laugh yeah you do <laughs> yeah. love those too those are your topics those things from 20 now years Alan, ago is the <laughs> I do I do, I do laugh I do legitimately chuckle to myself alone in my apartment when I pick every once in a while I'll picture Alan like reading at a bar. (laughs) Well, it's so funny because it's so funny. Lovingly. There are moments. There are moments when I'm out with Michael or whatever and like he's looking at dolls or is in the fabric store or something. And I'm literally 
I'm literally, instead of having a book in front of me, I have my phone in front of me, my Kindle, and I'm literally <laughs> reading my book oh, that's great. while I wait oh, for this so process fun. to be over. I so it is, there is, there is, it, there's some truth to what you say. It's not always, I'm not I doing it in that. bars necessarily anymore, but yes. Um, speaking well, of someone you know who I probably loves sticking, sticking cucumbers up places, Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene is at it again, the kids. She's at it again. And she, um, well, we all know, we can all just, I think, declaratively say that she is the definition of someone who is quite literally making it worse. Making it uh, worse. But That's correct. She, very much so. But she recently, um, there's a funding bill going through the House right now, a transportation funding bill going through the House right now. And she, as you know, all of any member of the House really can do, they can propose amendments to be added to this bill so that it would be one big bloated bill because that's what our Congress does right now. And um, she wanted to add on to this an amendment that would decrease the salary of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg to $1 a year uh, for his um, flagrant flagrant is that a word vagrant flagrant yeah, yeah flagrant, flagrant. Yeah. yeah uh misuse yeah. misuse it sounded like i was saying something flavor town and i felt very weird yeah no i get it you know um no <laughs> but very flagrant theory, misuse yeah. of 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 sort of the plane that he gets to use some of the things she got really angry that he took a plane to go receive an award at, for a gay to as a gay rights advocate you know in the world they were someone was being he, someone was rewarding him and she got very angry about that because she he was accepting an award for how people have sex as as she described it. Um, oh. She also has, I mean, <laughs> she has all kinds of crazy things that she's going down. But literally, really, what it is is she just she wants attention. She knows the only. I was going to say, isn't she? Isn't there anything else to do? Like, don't you have anything else to do in that job? Right. To right. To, to to pick to pick on Mayor to pick on Pete Buttigieg. Because he, I mean, it's literally, and it's so, tra that's what's so offensive is it, it's literally so transparent that she's like, hmm, how do I signal to people that I'm, you know, that how do I signal something homophobic to people who will just, you know, pick up on, pick up on my vibe and also like, yeah. what a fucking waste of time, this beast. You know, I, I think the, well, this, wait, before, the before we, before oh. we, let me just, let me just end this just so people don't can be confused about this bill. So like. It likely it's it's not going to even probably pass the House. It definitely won't pass the Senate. This isn't going nowhere. So like this is actually not a serious thing, and it is literally only a stunt by Marjorie yeah, Taylor Greene. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. D definitely, definitely don't lose sleep over it. It's like, look, I, I I understand that we've sort of entered this era of performative politicians, trolls. Um, I I don't I don't think the left has has that. I mean, the left has plenty of performative politicians. I don't think they're as irrational necessarily as that, but I'm sure maybe our, some of our right-leaning listeners would disagree. But regardless, I, what makes me mad is that at the end of the day, I think we are losing track of what they are hired to do, which is to to lead and pass legislation. And this is just, like you said, Alan, this Legislate. is just such a, an absurd waste of time. It's so cartoonish. It yeah. wouldn't... I mean, her district is one of the most conservative, and I'm sure you pulled. If you pulled her district, they would disagree. It's just like, why yeah. aren't people getting more mad? And by the way, I get mad at Democrats when they do horseshit like, you know, these ridiculous shows yeah. as well. I get pissed at them too because it's a waste of our time. Um, I think her voters, her constituents, should be should be mad, regardless of what you feel about gay rights. You should say this is a waste of time. Get on task, you yeah. fucking bitch. 
Well, and it's, I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but I. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go I would, a, a I, fucking bitch. Not that far. But. That's, that's Brent's. Yeah. Uh, Brent's. But I mean, hey, you have your opinions, and I feel very, I support your strong opinions. <laughs> that said, right. I do, the, it's, it's the constituents part that I think is really crazy to me because more than anything, you know, members of the House are, are beholden to their constituents. More so, I think senators can get away with a lot because they're statewide. Whereas, you know, when you have such a targeted constituency, it's like, wouldn't they just be angry about this? Are they, do they like that this is, this is sort of a circus show that, of their dis that literally they as voters are being made to be in a, an embarrassment because of what this person is doing. And it's like, I would think that there would be public outcry at how embarrassing this person is. Yeah. In, in, particularly, and particularly, I'm not talking about, I mean, Matt Gates is I think on another plan to planet too, but I also think that he serves his constituents in a way that satisfied that voter because it's a, it's that district. Whereas this person, Marjorie Taylor green does not do that. She's literally out there just being a sideshow, like just being a circus person. It's kind of crazy. She, she, I mean, she, to, to me, it's like, you know, it's so it's already, it's just so easy to be like, oh, she's doing something homophobic. Yeah, groundbreaking. Mm -hmm, but right. what's so obnoxious about it is that you can't just you can't just, you know, brush off the fact that it's homophobic. It is very offensive that she would equate receiving an award for being an advocate for the LGBTQ community to, quote, teaching people how to have sex yeah. i guess she is that what yeah. is that what she called or, it which no, is like te, not are you not, how old what are you 12 not even teaching people it's getting an award for the way you have sex oh she, and it's like yeah oh my god i i i i i i don't have it's it's terrible to not have words when you host a mm. podcast but it's just so simplistic it's so juvenile yeah. and aside like she's already it's like you know what you're already a troll you're a political clown show and a troll who is wasting your constituents time and 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 backing of you to, to yeah. spend your energy towards something so bananas but on top yeah. of it you can't even get beyond something so immature as saying like butts, yeah. like dicks and butts, you and, know, like, I mean, like and that, that even said there are, Oh, go ahead, Brent. No, go ahead. Alan. I was saying there are legitimate things to criticize Buttigieg for. Like, I mean, he's done even back in his hometown, there were some, when he was mayor of, um, I think South Bend, was it? I forget uh, that he had his own criticisms. And even as transportation secretary, he had the, you know, the, the waves of the commercial flight situation that happened with all of those problems a couple of months ago and like the incident in East Palestine, Ohio. So like there are problems that he has had that he has not handled well. You can criticize him for those things. That is warranted. That has, but she probably doesn't even know about those. Well, exactly. Exactly. That's the point. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's just, it's so intentionally, she's picking out the one gay person in, well, I'm sure there are many, but the one major gay person in the Biden administration and saying, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make a crazy show about him. You know, while we were talking, I, I pulled up the speech that he gave in front of this gay organization. And it's it's honestly, it's beautiful. He basically talks about the first time he ever saw a cucumber and and what it did to him and how he felt about it. Um, it's really beautiful. You should watch the speech. Not even joking. We're here with Shane O'Neill. Hi, Shane. Elliot, how are you? I'm good. I'm glad to have you here. Shane is a writer. Uh, currently working at the Washington Post's Style Post, 
formerly of the New York Times. Mm, a very famous style section in the Washington Post. Infamous, in fact, because one of their reporters during the Nixon administration got kicked out of the, the, the daughter's wedding or something. I mean, that was like a style oh, section pretty notorious at the Washington Post. <laughs> yeah. I hope to get kicked out of many, many events during yes. my tenure there. Many, 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 many. <laughs> Shane, you do. You're like a. I mean, you're you're multi-hyphenated in many ways. In that you're a performer, you're a writer. I think we crossed paths in New York years ago in the comedy world. But you've really made a name for yourself as a journalist. In what would you call? I mean, I don't even know what sort of niche you'd call it because it's like style, but also like trends and Culture. and yeah culture what is it what do you do i mean i sort of backed into it which is a really frustrating answer because i I always hate when you hear people be like i don't know it just happened but i had just sort of been like trying to i had been pursuing lots of things i was interested in doing and then just sort of narrowing down the ones that were uh where people were actually giving me money to do it which you know Mm -hmm. um i'm in a very happy place right now but those things often did not line up very well at all uh but yeah i sort of think of style like style writ large um, which is, do you all ever listen to with an N, n- 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 Nympho Wars? Nympho Wars, not Info oh, Wars, but yes. Nympho Wars. I have before, yeah. Obsessed with them. Beta no. yeah. Hamill said, um, it's so stupid and basic, but it like blew my mind because she's really smart. But she was like, to be a good model, you have to have a relationship to clothes. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's absolutely true. And I, I that's sort of how I think about style is that it's like a relationship to culture. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not just uh-huh. about fashion, although it partially is, but it's also like power and media and trends and subcultures and fads and, you know, all, well, the, all why that don't you t- why, don't, why don't you tell me a little bit about relationships with clothes then? Because I'm still lost um, with exactly what that could mean. So like, what does that mean to you? He's also well, lost mean, in fashion, Shane, too. Don't worry. Well, well, I don't know, Brent. You look too. you look all right on this. I mean, it's a little it's a well, blurry connection, but you're not no one's raising <laughs> red flags here, you know? No one everyone's <laughs> right, looking yeah, quite nice. That. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, well, that particular line is just about like I mean, it, it's so basic, but it's just like she was referring to just the the what makes it like a good model versus a, an otherwise model. I mean, if you need modeling advice, I'd happily dole it out. I don't know that you should follow it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like she was talking about just like the, it, it's not just enough to be like beautiful that there has to be it, like, you know, think about like Kate Moss. Like if you watch a Kate Moss runway presentation, it's not just that she's beautiful. In fact, she's kind of she is beautiful, but she's kind of weird looking. Yeah. It's the fact that uh-huh. she has this yeah. sort of like apathy slash confidence slash sort of like she's yeah. a void and like the, that that relationship with the clothes comes through or if you watch naomi campbell it's not just that she's flawless and beautiful it's that she can control her body and control her face in a way that like you know she can destroy you with one glance well and, and you're also just... always you're always waiting for her to throw a phone at you or something like that's i what, would be yeah, i would right. be fucking honored mm-hmm. i have to say <laughs> i've i uh i've seen a lot of celebrities in passing i i haven't interacted with a lot but naomi campbell so far is the first one that i broke down crying really <laughs> and i'm not even that much of a big fan it was just she's so she's i mean i am a big fan who am i kidding i, I don't even care about her i just started crying when i saw her um <laughs> But she was the the only one where I was just like, there she is, and yeah, she's doing it. She's she, like, maybe that's it because it was like she was doing the thing she does, which is walk. You know, I was yeah. like, she's walk, walking. Right. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Wow. I mean, she is incredible. Did you worship the? Did you worship her or like worship the? Uh, the like, I, I think I know it's like the the supermodels, yeah. the Cindy Crawfords and Naomi Campbells and Linda Evangelistas. I will be honest. I tried Tyson to watch Beckford. that. 
Did you not like it? It's not that I didn't like it. I just, I just, I don't, I'm so sorry. And I apologize, Shane. I just don't care. No, like I, I understand. I was fascinated by every minute of it. I thought it was. Wait, what document? Can you, can you say the name of the documentary? Yeah, there there was a documentary or a special or series of some kind on Apple TV about the sort of big supermodels of the early 90s. And, you know, they did have a cultural foothold in a way that I've I've never thought of other models in that way. And it was just, you know, it was interesting. It's about those four or five women and like how they sort of took over the culture in a way that was Mm -hmm. remarkable. But I just... I, I couldn't get hooked, but I understand why it might entrance you. But so I wonder, I mean, what did you go to like, did you go to Fashion Week? No. Have you gone to New York Fashion I mean, Week? I mean, I've been to a few events at New York Fashion Week. It's also, I feel like embarrassed to even be talking about fashion, considering you guys had Dusty on, my sweet boy, um, with whom I shared a home for many, many years. Yeah. Um, Dusty is like a savant about fashion. So a lot of things I've just sort right. of picked up retroactively. Um, I was sort of like, I would like read like details magazine and I had sort of like, I would keep an eye on things, but I, it, I sort of, I can't say that like in 1990, I mean, I was like, ah, Cindy Crawford's on the giant Pepsi commercial, but I wasn't, I wasn't like yeah. Cindy Crawford is changing clothing, you know? So a lot of this stuff, it's like, I've, it's like retro retroactive nostalgia that I've learned. But, but I mean, like, right. what impact do you, th- I mean, from that document, did you watch the documentary? I did not know. Uh-uh. Okay. Well, I mean, what impact do you think the supers had on sort of like, like basically our culture, <clears throat> pop culture in the last 30 years? I mean, if you really think about it, like they kind of defined how we kind of look at fashion in that way, you know? Well, the one thing is the branding. I mean, it was just who, I don't know who came up with the phrase supermodel, but it's just, it's brilliant. And I remember reading in Mad Magazine, uh, they like were, were making fun of like, oh, it's so important to decide who's a model versus a supermodel. Um, <laughs> but I think like the, the, the lasting, I mean, I don't think it was, the supermodels didn't do this, but I think the concept of there being like a supermodel versus a model is just sort of like the entire like problem with all glamour industries which is that there's like six people making a million jillion dollars and then there's mm-hmm. literally thousands of people like being fully trafficked and exploited i'm i mean yeah, literally yeah. trafficked and exploited at the bottom yeah. of it well and so now, i think like oh, go ahead. i just think it goes along with that that's the way it is i mean with any industry like that we're in now it's like there's you know 10 people making a billion dollars and then like a jillion people who would you know kill their next of kin to break into that but are just sort of like toiling away. Well, and now the right. people who are making a kajillion dollars are the children of people who already have a kajillion dollars. I mean, the top right, models always. now, like Cindy Crawford was just from some small town in Iowa or Illinois or something. And Naomi Campbell was just, you know, she was just like a regular London girl. Like she wasn't from money, but now you have the Jenners and you have the Hadids and you have like, and they're all from money and they all come from reality television. The Weasts. Which, you have the Weasts yeah. are modeling too. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, do you think that- Oh yes, you know, Victoria Weast. <laughs> but wait, wait, does can, Diane Weast have children? N- I don't think so, but she- Give them careers! She should have children. I would be friends with yeah. her kids. But like, she what, better have children. Like what <laughs> impact do you think that's having right now on, like, I feel like that is sort of, the Nepo know. baby situation. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, mean, I think people are, it's, it's just something that's always been happening. People are just aware of it now. Um, I think annoyingly it's like the PR machine has like caught up to it. So that if you're a Nepo baby, like if you have a, if you're, if you're, if you have a PR agent, then they're preparing you for like what to say to piss off the least amount of people. I, I was enjoying it when people were just being a little more unhinged about it. What I need to know, Brent, what, what did 
Brent's a sort of academic on all things Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm. What did Jamie Lee Curtis say about, she, has she said anything about being a Nepo baby yes. that you're aware yes, of? Yes, she has. I'm sorry, I just know this. Yes, she has. Well, I just and, want to see if Brent knows because I, mean, I don't know. I, 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 you know, all all I can all I can contr- can contribute to this is that I remember watching a red carpet interview with Jamie Lee Curtis, where the interviewer asks for her advice as to how to break into entertainment, and she <laughs> paused and said, "Well." Talent helps, and I remember thinking, also, so does having two movie star parents. Uh, that helps as well. Um, so, Speaking but Alan, which, you, I interviewed... you might. Wait, no, Shane, oh, sorry, I was say? just going to say that I interviewed uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter oh. um, for a story about Ruby, uh, right? what is it called? Warham- Warhammer, the fantasy role play game. Oh, um, because oh, Jamie okay. Lee Curtis's daughter was part of the nerd herd at her fancy private high school that successfully got their prom theme to be Warhammer. So I was yeah. doing a story on Warhammer. Wow. So, you know, mm. that's something, if your mom's Jamie Lee Curtis, you can just throw your weight around and have a fantasy <laughs> role play theme prom, that privilege that the rest of us just never Well, got. by the way, not, not to brag, but H. Allen texts with Jamie no, Lee Curtis. No, you do not. I do, I do. I have a really, I mean, do you guys edit this or is this just sort of like straight through? I mean, we would rather it be straight through, but if you really want okay. us to edit it, we can. Well, I'm happy to be on the record asking. Okay. I'm going to be on the record saying this, but everyone can feel free to not answer it. I am so curious about how Jamie Lee Curtis responds to the rumors about her being intersex. Um, right. And uh, specifically, I just heard there was a quote. What did she say? She left a message on the Handsome podcast that said something like, I am two people in one. You can take that however you want. Blah, blah. Mm. And I was just like, is she? Is she... Is she playing with this? Is she skirting around it? Is it true? Wow. Um, but like, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a lot of like, I feel like there's there's so much more knowledge and awareness about intersex culture right now. And I'm just like, well, wouldn't there it be is. cool if Jamie Lee Curtis was just like, hey, guess what? Yeah. I mean, that would, yes. I, 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 there's part of me that thinks that that would be an interesting question to hear an answer to. But there's another part of me that thinks that's an incredibly inappropriate question to ask. Oh, it's anybody. very. <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm happy to. I'm happy to be on the record as someone who is curious about it. I'm not yes. saying that if I met Jamie Lee Curtis, I'd be like, "What's going on in those panties?" No, you know? it's definitely. A, you, how wouldn't you be curious? How would you not be curious about an urban legend that may or may not exist and may or yeah. may not actually pertain to a subset of the LGBTQIA plus community that is not really talked about? That much. I mean, I, I had a I, professor in college just state it as a fact. <gasps> like she was like, "Excuse yeah. me," and I was like, wait, "What's state, your source?" Wait, state that that Jamie Lee is, or that we were like are. studying intersexuality, and she was like, "Well, Jamie Lee Curtis," and I was like, oh. "I thought that was not proven." It's like, I think we need to yeah. fact check <laughs> this first, professor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. But I also think too. I can tell you this. I guarantee you, she is one thousand percent aware. Of oh yeah. Her. Like yeah, 1,000% yeah, sure. aware of the rumor. But I personally, like even just as a journalist, would think that that is an incredibly evas- invasive question to oh, ask. And I would never, hell, yeah. ever, yeah. ever mm-hmm. ask it. Never. Did oh. you ever see that wonderful interview from this? Well, it's, ooh, it's no, never mind. I don't want to even go there. There's a very <laughs> compelling, there's a compelling interview from the 1970s in which a journalist will not let a trans, a prob- possibly stealth trans person off the hook. And oh. it's a really oh. fascinating artifact. Um, of like, oh, of brother. like what to not do. <laughs> I mean, even, even just in your line of work with like writing about fashion and culture and everything and that like there, it does, there is like with straight news, there's like an obvious direction of questions. You know what I mean? You base it on facts and you move forward, but in culture and in fashion, 
it sometimes can be a little more personable and it can be a little bit more casual in terms of the questions you ask and it can go in directions that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And like, I do a lot of entertainment journalism. And so like that you can go in lots of different directions, but like there is that interesting line now of what is inappropriate to ask, like how chummy can you actually get in an interview with literally a stranger? Oh, I mean, I think you just got to vibe it out. You know, I mean, I think the, 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 the problem is, is that like, if you have the luxury and it is a luxury of like spending, I mean, spending a day with someone is incredible. Spending yeah. more than, you know, three minutes with someone is yeah. amazing. I mean, I mean, I think that you, you can get, a, you can get away with a lot more once people can trust you and understand like where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the most interesting places I've gone with people have just, and I haven't, I, you know, I haven't spent done tons of profiles and tons of interviews but the best times are like when you have the time to like spend time and both of you let your guards down and you see where you're coming from i remember i was once interviewing a guy where i just he said something about london and i was just like (laughs) i was like oh the last time this is true i was like the last time i was in london i um I was on a three-day bender and I blacked out and at a bathhouse and wet my pants. And that was the only pair of pants that I had had. So I had to go to the airport in leggings that were all slashed up and I missed my flight. Um, and then he was just like, I don't know if this is your like, he was like, I don't know if this is your way of like bonding with me, but it's working. So, I mean, I don't know. You just have, yeah. to, you have to figure it out. Once, once, once I had, you know, once he knew that I was a, you know, incorrigible alcoholic who had like wet myself at a bathhouse, yeah. I felt, I felt better about being like, how'd you feel I, when you found out you were HIV positive, you know? Yeah. I also only travel with one pair of pants, by the way. Uh, here's a question for you. I'm have telling you, you girl, you real... only need one. Usually. That's usually. Do you really only travel with one pair of pants? Yeah, who has room for two pairs of pants? And I have everybody. No, 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 everybody has never, room for two pairs of pants. No, I don't like checking bags, so I always have to. T- I always have to do a carry on, and I'm not putting two pairs of. I've never needed two pairs of pants in my entire life. No offense, Shane. I don't piss myself, so so it's like I don't. Oh, need come it. on! Do that was a low then. blow, Brent. <laughs> Brent, I was being vulnerable, and you just immediately turned that around on me. Um, luckily, I. I I don't piss myself anymore now that I stopped drinking. <laughs> but boy, I used proud. to. <laughs> we are proud. But have you ever had an interview that like went sour? Like, have you ever had a really bad interaction with someone that you were working with? Or well, also, you've you've also done and in doing interviews, like you've covered really interesting topics. Like, I'm just I have I've written them down. Letting loose. Yeah. You did a video a, a video sort of a cool picture essay that was really rad in the Times. Unbuttoned jeans, non-binary professional attire, bars for the sober curious. I'm interested about poppers going mainstream. Oh, yeah. And lingeries for men. And um, uh, so anyway, sorry, you can answer Brent's question now, but I wanted to throw in some of the interesting topics you've covered. Well, uh, I will get back to the poppers question. But the um, like as far as interviews going really badly, I mean, the two things that come to mind is that I mean. I've worked a few, like a handful, like less than 10, but like a handful of like red carpet events where you're technically interviewing people. But I mean, it is, mm-hmm. it's literally just like, oh yeah, you like glasses? Bye. Thank you. You know, so it's like, you really call that an <laughs> right. interview. But I don't know what happened. I don't know. Well, I'll give you two stories from the Met Gala red carpet. The first one that I went on, someone very smartly told me, hot tip, if you're doing press at the at any red carpet and you're 5'7", like I am, like bring a stool. So I brought a stool to stand on 
And Zach Posen and Debbie Harry walked up to me exactly when my stool broke. And I sort of like fell forward and was like, ah! and then they just kind of like jumped back. And then I just went, I'm okay. And then they walked away. They were like, good. And then walked away. So that was, I would say that was a bad there one. Go. And I still don't right. know what went wrong here, but Usher at the Met Gala, I don't know. I mean, it's a high pressure situation and I don't know who was wrong, but I assume I was wrong, but you know, I was like, oh, I love your, I love your gloves. Who made your gloves? And he was like, my wife did. And I was like, oh, does your wife always, um, does your wife make a lot of stuff with leather? And then he held up his gloves, which really looked like leather to me. And he's like, these aren't leather. And then I was like, what? And then he was like, you don't know fabrics. And then walked away. And um, oh, wow. that was really, that was demoralizing. <laughs> I mean, I trust him. He was the one who was wearing it. And I don't know what happened, but um that one went badly. Oh, there was another one. This is a, a stylist who shall na- rename, remain nameless. Um, she gave me, it was a feature where we included people's age. And she, in the process of interviewing her, she told me she was 24. And then I found out that she was 26. And then I was like, well, we need to put your real age in. And she was like, yeah, no, you can't do that. We're going to kill the story. So she chose to kill the story because she didn't want to reveal Good for her. Oh, good for yeah. her. I'm sorry. Good for her. If you can't live your fantasy and have it be published on record, it's not worth publishing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't you want press? I mean, you're your style. I don't understand anything. Wait, no, I do want to ask you about the poppers. It was rough so for like, me to understand. Poppers going mainstream. They really have, and it's it's kind of unnerving to hear straight people talk about poppers. So, like, what what are your thoughts on that? Oh. So, I am I am uh, <laughs> I am not proud to say that I did not pitch that story. That was actually assigned to me by an editor at the New York Times, oh. and I remember when he called me, <laughs> he was like, "Hi, Shane." what do you know about poppers? And I was like, who told you? You know, like I I thought I honestly, I was like, I was like, they must've fallen out of my bag, like at the office or like, I don't know. They found uh, a screen recording of me. Like it's for my VCR. (laughs) Exactly. Or like some gooning video from me at like bait world in 2012 or something like was leaked. Uh, But he was just like, what is gooning? Oh girl. Oh really? Yeah. Gooning. Oh, okay. Elliot. Um, it's Gooning like, is... Um, I know. Oh, How do we describe this, Shane? Well, the <laughs> no, way that I've heard, heard it really described is it's like, it's either, you, it's like the, the eroticization of masturbating itself. So you're getting off on the fact that you're masturbating, like, oh, I'm masturbating. And like, that's exciting. But it's also yeah. the idea is that you're, you're con- like basically edging to the point that you're supposed to get into like a headspace where you're stupid. And so, like, the guys get off on, like, having, like, their eyes crossed and their tongues out. So they'll be like, ooh, and that's, like, gooning. Yeah. Elliot, mm. just Google it. I'm not interested. Let's get back to it's actually, yeah, it's let's actually get back to really, poppers. It's actually really funny, I have to admit. It's a funny Google search. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. Well, anyway, sorry, Shane. Yeah, please get back to um, so the, yes, more, impo- no the more important involved. story at hand here. Uh, yeah, so this editor was just like, oh, I was just at this after okay. party for the blondes. And like these straight girls were passing around bottles of poppers. Let's talk about it. So yeah, that's, he just kicked it to me and it's true. It's just like, it's but really, what did you find I mean, from I think, that? Like, what did you find? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think for one thing, it's just that like, there's like the divisions that we grew up with. I mean, I, I think we're all about the same age of like millennial gays. We grew up with this, like there was still arcane knowledge that was only disseminated among gay people. So like there was like gay knowledge and gay culture 
that just like really kind of stayed in one place. And I think that there's just like, there's so little stigma among certain sets. I would say the dominant like culture of Gen Z, there's just very little stigma against being gay. So gay culture travels far further and wider. And then it's just like, it's a super low investment drug. I mean, it's like, it's cheap, it's legal, you know, at least to purchase it. It lasts for like 25 seconds maximum. Um, so I think it's just the, the, com- the, the people that I talked to, it was just the combination of like, so many of the people I talked to were like, because there are, there are like straight girls who are doing it, which was raising eyebrows in the first place. But a lot of the people I talked to were just like, oh, I'm non-binary or like, you know, my, my partner is trans, but I'm, I'm cis. And like, it's just that like, they're not afraid of gay culture. And yeah, I think it, it like, it really represents the sort of, to me, the, the sort of mainstreaming of something like poppers represents the, uh, the mainstreaming of, like you said, like that sort of like periphery gay pseudo campy internally understood kind of thing that now has like lost its stigma and to me i I always say it feels like gay twitter has become mainstream where like my you know my aunt probably understands what like red for filth or like (laughs) spill the tea like like i i understand I understand this shit. You know, they say it on like morning TV, like, you know, here, you know, she got shaded or whatever. And it's like, oh, wow. Like it, it all kind of coalesced. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, I, I also remember that I felt like there was, there was a moment where Charlie XCX had a concert mm-hmm. and somebody, did she, did somebody do poppers with her or somebody had her sign their like douche bulb or something? I think there, there was, was an autograph. If I recall of a douche bulb, definitely I someone that. signed her douche bulb. Yeah. But I believe someone okay. gave her a, a bottle of poppers, and I don't think she took a hit, but I think right. she held it to the camera and screamed gay gay rights or something. Was that what it was? <laughs> wow. I don't, know. Um, I don't know who this person is. By the way, I spent, uh, I just spent a few weeks in D.C. for my new job, which I loved. I loved D.C. I had, yeah. I, it, I, you know, I'd never lived there before, and I had my own prejudices, and there's a lot to love about D.C. However, yes. I went to the Jesse Ware show, and was standing next to a cluster of grown gay men who were doing poppers. And I was like, oh, let me get a hit of that. And they were like, no. And I was like, well, that's DC gay no? in a nutshell. They said no. I'm pretty sure that DC gays are somehow more notoriously um, toxic than LA gays, which which sounds like a hard comparison, but I've heard, I've heard this. I mean, I I, think you, I I would agree with that. I mean, I had, I met lovely, 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 lovely people in a lovely city, but I was so fucking pissed. I have lots of experience with DC gays and I could say there's definitely the contingency of the business stodgy, you know, gatekeepy gays in in DC, but there's also a fun alternative crowd in DC with lots of like cool things going on. So like, there's more there in the queer community than meets the eye. You only see the splashy ones. What about me? Alan did a podcast about DC gays. Just so you a know. whole podcast. Uh, about I don't know DC if you want to plug know. this. What is it? Well, I mean, it isn't necessarily about DC gays. It's about the murder of a straight <laughs> about a man in the home <laughs> of DC gays. So it's not That's necessarily all. about DC gays. <laughs> Let's just clarify mm. that right now. All right. Well, what else do we do? All right. Okay. All right. So I want to do a quick rapid fire because you have so many incredibly interesting convers- like topics you've written about. But we're running out of time, so Very let's. Generous. I'm gonna r- r- rattle out a couple things and like maybe summarize mm-hmm. it. Give us like the elevator pitch or whatever. Um, so, Great. what is the deal with un with the unbuttoned jeans fad? 
Uh, it's over. It was a brief fad from last summer, but it was just you couldn't leave the the East Village. Basically, around NYU, girls were doing it. It's it was body positivity <laughs> okay. and um, ease. Wow, interesting. But uh, like like you were you could still wear a belt, but your jeans were on. No, 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 correct? no. no. How did they? No, stay no, no. Oh, no. it's like yeah. It, how did they it, stay? It's up? like you would you would take. I mean, this is. I mean, this. I know this just from fat girl shit, which is like if you take. Um, jeans that are too that would be considered too small for you and then you just sort of like leave them open or there were were some jeans that were being like specifically styled for it where you would sort of like fold it down to give yourself a little like Mm. extra heft Hmm. but it was mostly just like tight jeans that were that would be nominally too big for you and it that was sort of the attitude of like fuck you you can't tell me what's too big for me i don't have to do my pants on interesting (laughs) okay now what about non-binary professional attire that story was generated because I talked to um, a politician for that story and they were telling me that basically it's like, I mean, originally I had pitched that story as a political, uh, political dress codes because like, for example, the DNC has an unofficial dress code and a lot of state capitals have unofficial dress codes and they all are written for men and women, right? Maybe that, you know, that might've changed recently. But this politician I talked to was like, well, I'm non-binary, so as soon as I walk into a state capitol or as soon as I walk to the Democratic National Convention, I'm automatically in violation of their dress code. And that kind of like blew my mind. So I think, hmm. you know, there, there's um, there's still so much to be written about about non-binary everything. But I feel like a yeah. lot of the non-binary we, content we get is like how to have green hair and a septum ring and be non-binary. But I was like, oh, yeah, what yeah. about for people who just are like really trying to disappear going to work. work yeah um, you know because I, mean, yeah. I, I relate yeah. to that too I, I can be quite a flamboyant dresser but i really enjoy sometimes just being able to like fully pull that back so it's just like yeah how are you approaching this if you're non-binary the answer yeah. is sweaters yeah. everyone wears sweaters sweaters <laughs> everyone loves sweaters <laughs> I, I gotta say that fashion shoot was really beautifully shot and there were some great pieces but i was like another sweater thank you great yeah. <laughs> and and finally why don't you explain bars for the sober curious yeah, I mean, this is this is one that's which Brent to... would n- never. Brent's like, uh, I'm out. Never. <laughs> no, <laughs> I won't step you. foot. No, thank you. Well, it all started like a library. I just wouldn't stop pissing my pants. No, that's not true. Um, the uh, yeah, this. I mean, th- this was uh, just something that I had noticed that there was a sober bar opening in the East Village in New York, and then a lot. So much of this, it's like like Bader Meinhof syndrome, that thing where you hear about one thing and then you can't stop seeing it everywhere. Yeah. That happened with the, the yeah. jeans. One person was like, have you seen girls with their jeans open? I was like, no. And then you see them everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it was sort of the same thing. I heard about one sober event and then it was like all these sober bars started popping up. I mean, for one thing, it's just that like there's, um, you know, there's the whole thing about Gen Z drinking less, which is apparently true right. and borne out by stats. And then there's also just, you know, um, I think in general sobriety or sober curiosity as in like, just like dry January and sober October are taking on these sort of lives of their own. Um, and mm-hmm. there's also, I just, there's less stigma to the whole concept of like sobriety or pulling back on what you're doing. And then, you know, people want to, there's a demand for it that people want to like have an adult time out. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. then there's a supply for it where people want to make money off of it. Um, so yeah, it was fun. I went. And you're sober, you're, but you're you're also sober. So was it fun? Did you, for what? Yeah, I mean, what so, you experienced. So like, I don't drink. I abstain from alcohol, um, and cannabis just like doesn't agree, agree with me. But I'm not like fully sober. But no, I was not like taking psychedelics at these sober bars. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fun. I mean, like one of them was really fun. One of them was called Hecate, and that was like a. Um, 
specifically it was like an occult themed sober place. So it was like people doing tarot readings and weird witches and um, it happened to be next door to like enchantments. So that was really fun. I had a good time. There was another place called, um, there was a Kava bar, which Kava culture can be a little, um, you know, Kava, the, the root. Mm-hmm. It had sort of like a moment okay. pre pandemic and then it's sort of coming back. Um, the short answer is yes. It was super fun. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a yeah. Kava culture uh, near me in Los Angeles and I do not know what it is and I refuse to go in, but um, maybe, yeah. no, I, I still refuse, but yeah. thank you for it's hard explaining hard. it to I mean, me. That's all there is to it. Yeah. yeah. I guess well, my, um, my, my Shane, bottom line is me personally, I would rather just be at a regular bar ordering seltzer. Yes. Understandable. Yeah, ordering water. Reading a book Shane, in the corner uh, with thank a you so Scott. much. Shane, thank you so much for being here. And aside from being on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me uh, occasionally, where can people find you online? What should they read? Um, where would you like to be followed? I would love for you to Google Style Memo for the Washington Post and subscribe. It is free. You do not have to be a uh, Washington Post subscriber. It's free for everyone. So Style Memo. Uh, otherwise, I'm Shane Island on socials. And please feel free to send me hate mail. I love it. <laughs> We'll get on thanks. that. I'll send you some hate mail. Oh, thank you. And thanks You're for welcome. having me. I love your podcast. And I, I, I love you, Elliot. And I'm sure I would learn to love you, Brent and Alan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. It's usually, usually the way that it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing. So a month or two ago, I joined a subreddit uh, in which people ask for advice and feedback on their Hinge dating profiles. Now, most of the people on this subreddit asking for advice are straight, and I would guess that most of the commentators giving advice are also straight. So it has been really interesting, enlightening, uh, to pick up on the differences between gay, the gay and straight world when it comes to protocol and convention in online dating. And I wanted to run through a couple of the sort of broader strokes. Are you guys ready? Yes. Yes. All right. So this was a big one. Uh, Straight people find lying about your age to be an absolute flagrant red flag, like a huge deal, arguably even a deal breaker right off the bat if you catch that they lied about their age. Whereas in my experience in the gay community, you can ubiquitously lie about your age and it's not a big deal at all. What do you guys think? I I agree with you. I think... I think it's probably more of a stigma for straight women to do it or to care. Whereas with gay guys, I feel like it's, well, honestly, I feel like it's just like the norm. Yeah. I don't think anybody would be that offended, quite honestly. Yeah. I agree. You agree, Alan? Yeah. Here's a question. Here's a question for you, Elliot. Elliot, you used to not lie about your age. I remember you, because I started lying about my age on, on Grindr like six, seven years ago. Uh, Elliot, do you lie about your age now, or do you still give your real age? No, I mean forty is uh, ooh, it's a that's a change. But at this point, it's like, what's the point in saying I'm thirty nine? Like, I, I, I'd rather no, I I don't I don't lie. I think it's yeah. not worth. I don't know what the I don't know what the 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 the, yeah. the point of it is. I don't know what yeah. I'd be earning by by lying at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Very honest, very honest guy. Lots of integrity over there. What about uh, you? Brent? Here's another. Yeah, do what you? age do you? Oh my god! What uh, age are do you, you kidding say me? Now? 
do, do you remember the story I told? I remember a couple of years ago, like during the pandemic. No, I know you I do lost, it. I just want to know what age. I shave two years off. Thank you very much okay. on Tinder. And I shave many more years off on Grindr. <laughs> What's Grindr the, I mean, literally, what, what, I just. Like, what do you, what, what for? Like, what, like, you, yeah. and I'm, I, I genuinely yeah. am curious. I don't say it with judgment. I'm just, what, no, no, what no. for? It's, it's the brackets because people are, some people search by ages and I don't want to be out of the brackets that people are searching for. Does that make but sense? So find, on, t- on were, Tinder, end up with, yeah. So like on Tinder, like <clears throat> if you are out of the bracket, you just they just they'll you'll never see each other. And I still want to see people. Yeah. Right. I see. Oh, that's interesting. It just would suck if you got to that point where you had to, you know, let's say you got into a relationship with somebody, and like you're like, no, oh, no, 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 I'm actually forty. Like, if they let, if they got, if they. If they responded in a poor way, I would be I would be angry at them. Yes, for you. So, by the way, I'm a I, I am generally speaking a very honest guy, and I don't like lying. And it does like especially when it's like more than like maybe a hookup date ish scenario. Uh, if like the date's going well, I always yeah. tell them right off the bat. And literally one time probably out of 30 or 40 times has someone actually been a little bit perturbed the rest they didn't even notice what my age yeah. was they just didn't even care yeah um, Interesting. so yeah i think you're i think that makes sense to me all right so let's move on this is another big one guys the difference in between the straight and the gay communities when it comes to shirtless and or gym selfies so as we all know uh, shirtless gym selfies are absolutely ubiquitous in the gay world, and they are wildly uh, required frowned upon. Even. Yeah. Required even. Wildly frowned upon in the straight world. I uh, Are they? Literally, there was a moment this morning where I was commenting on this guy's profile. Like, really fit, cute guy in Boston, straight guy. He had a gym, uh, a shirtless posing in the locker room selfie. And the amount of shit this guy took was superhuman. Like people were calling him a douchebag and sketchy and weird. It was like chill really? the fuck out. It was it was now for what it's worth, some people uh, picked up the nuance of you can be shirtless in straight for in straight profiles, but it can't be at the gym cuz that's that's like the pivotal line there. You can't be shirtless at the gym, that's douchey. You can be shirtless at the lake. You could be shirtless, you know, for whatever reason yeah. elsewhere, but you can't be shirtless at the gym. So I think that's a, the fucking it dumbest is, line to draw, but whatever. Well, but. I don't know. Shirtless at the gym is a little weird to me because it's it is a place. It is a public place. I mean, in the locker room, like in the locker room, take their tops off. I mean, even in the locker room, pictures in the locker room is weird. It's a weird place to have your phone out and be taking pictures or video. Like, put your fucking phone away. It's a locker room. It's it is a, it's a bummer. I, I definitely feel like I've seen quite my share of both straight and I would say equally straight and gay guys very douchily taking selfies, posing, yes. doing the thing where they're like trying to bulge out a certain muscle. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm stopped in my tracks flat, but I can imagine straight women being even more repulsed by the idea. Whereas with gay guys, it's like, unfortunately it's like the required 
it's a, it's almost a requirement, you know, in terms of any mm. dating profile or hookup app or anything. It's just like, no, no, there's no way you, you can't really get away with without doing it. But mm. but for, I can understand why it would be repellent at, at a mm. gym. I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can agree to, agree to disagree on that one. Uh, moving on. Uh, another one was texting disinterest after one date. Um, so I'm of the belief that if you go on one date with someone and you didn't hit it off, you do not text them to tell them I am not interested in you. You can just let it go. I've done that and have had that yeah. done to me billions of times. One of the most downvoted things I've ever written on Reddit was uh, someone, uh, a woman talked about texting someone uh, after a first date because she wasn't interested. And I happened to write a, a fairly friendly comment saying, hey, I don't think you have to do that. You can just let it go. Don't worry about it. And I got like 10 additional comments calling me a, like basically a piece of shit for not texting my <laughs> level of interest after a first date. Insane. It was oh. insane. What do you guys think? I mean, I I agree with that. I don't think after a first date, first dates are trial things. They're not they're not something where you owe this person to to really anything. Really, it's just sort of like it was just a trial run. And if it if they don't respond, well, then okay, float away. Like find something. You know what I mean? I don't I don't see a problem with it. I can't really imagine. Like I I just can't really imagine. Feeling the need to text somebody a disinterest. It's almost unkind. I, I yeah. was I, I was was actually gonna add, I actually find it arrogant that someone like mm-hmm. everyone is entitled to not like me after one date, no problem. But it's arrogant to tell me. It's like, oh, I need to tell you after 75 minutes, I don't want to see you again. I don't fucking need to know that. I'll I can tell <laughs> if you don't text me or if I text you and you don't write back. Well, there you go. Got the hint. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, that's, there's that's also all an arrogance to, to mm-hmm. there's also an arrogance to it being the one to 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 instigate it, I guess, to be like, he must know, he has to know. Yeah. Brent, yeah. you yeah. know, it's like Brent, yeah, just okay, so you like, know, I did not enjoy <laughs> our conversation about elephants. <laughs> Uh, have you ever right. had that done? Did you? I forget. I'm sorry. Did you say if you had that done to you? I've had it done to I me. I mean, I think one, once or twice over the years, and I I found it very off putting. Yeah, it's yeah. There, that is very. There's off-putting. a level of just sort of like the casual, the casual meanness of it that I'm just sort yeah. Of, it's sort of like the it's like the grinder etiquette. You know what I mean? Like just because someone says hey doesn't mean I have to say hey back. Like I don't have to acknowledge yeah. your presence at all. It's not. This is not something that is like a, it's not a democracy. I don't have to, I, you're not yeah. at a funeral. Yeah. We, like, we don't have to do anything. Like I yeah. can just ignore you, you know? So I'd rather that. Um. All right. Final, let's see. Uh. All right. Final one. Um. I, and this is, uh. this is just, I just thought this was actually kind of cute. In the straight community, when you like someone on Hinge, you are, overwhelmingly encouraged to send a thoughtful message as to why you liked that thing, that prompt or that picture. And I would say that that is definitely an afterthought in the gay community. I would say that probably one in 10 likes I get are is includes a message because I think we care more. We, we work through the bullshit and care. We just obviously care more about appearance. And so you don't have to explain why I liked this picture. Mm -hmm. Oh, one, thousand percent it's like if anything it's like doing the bare minimum like this is hot 
<laughs> Bye. Yeah. Yes. But there's also, I mean, it depends on the platform too. Like if it was grinder, I don't think you necessarily need to, I don't, I, I don't think there's a need for that, but cause yeah. that's a clear, there's a very clear type of dialogue. Whereas if Intention, it's something like yeah. hinge or Tinder or anything, I mean, I yeah. would often, if I match, I remember years ago, I don't know how Tinder works now, but like if I matched with someone and I liked one of their photos and I like recognized like, oh my God, I love that amusement park or whatever the fuck it is. Like it's a conversation starter. It's sort of something to engage yeah. in a thing. You know what I mean? I don't, I, or I love like, well, I, that, I, I love that's pizza. The, that's, that's the irony of these, uh, of, of at least gay audiences on, or gay men on dating apps is that, the last thing they seem to want to do is actually have a conversation. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that's always the surprise. It's like, you're, again, it's always the attitude. It's like, you're hot. You, you talk. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was going to say a little, <laughs> a little Easter egg, a little Easter egg about me. It, the only thing, the only message I ever write on hinge is like every once in a while, someone is so handsome that I always write quote, so handsome <laughs> to the on one of their pictures and so there's that guys that's Wait, a I, have, fun I have a question about... <laughs> does any in, in this subreddit that you're reading is there any conversation about whether uh guys say to girls um i can tell you the best place in, in town for pizza <laughs> or whether they're looking to have a, d a debate about whether there should be pineapples on pizza because that's the reason I quit Hinge. Because of pineapples on pizza? I've never seen so many. I've never Rums. encountered so many people asking yeah. or saying, come at me or like debate me on this. Pineapples on pizza? Well, no. I Who can, cares? No one. You don't. I can tell you. I can tell you right now. Pineapple on pizza is shit. Come at me. Great. The, the, great. The, the end. end. But why? Why? <laughs> What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? Believe it or not, your Uncle Hamilton was just gooning. <laughs> <laughs> My Aunt Joanne would say, her name may be Marjorie Taylor Green, but Jewish she ain't. <laughs> there you go. Because green, because green, green is a Jewish yeah. last name. Oh, right, Jewish right, last right, name. Right, yeah. What about um? What about Aunt Anne? Aunt Anne would say, "Y'all were talking about poppers, but I kept hearing popovers and got so hungry." <laughs> <laughs> I love popovers. Oh my! They're God. delicious. They're delicious. They're, there used to be in New York for like a second. You know, there's always like restaurants in New York that like were they just sort of like faded into the background, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially like on the Upper West Side. Always mm. there. Nobody talked about them, but they were just there. They were never made Was a there magazine a or a one? list. A pop it was called the Popover Cafe. It was like it hadn't been changed on the inside since like it, you could tell like '89. Oh wow, good and year. They good just year. popovers were their specialty, and I just delicious. Oh, I would love if somebody delicious. would make me a popover. <laughs> My aunt Anne will make you a popover. Put that on your and hinge I'm going profile, to Elliot. House. Debate me on this. I'm off hinge. I love I love popovers. Come at He's me. He's off hinge. He's off hinge. He was kicked off hinge because he ain't. 